You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. It's OBEHAVE with Arden Moore, the show that teaches you how to have harmony in the household with your pets. Join Arden as she travels coast to coast to help millions better understand why cats and dogs do what they do. Get the latest scoop on famous faces. They're perfectly pampered pets in Who's Walking Who in Renton, Tinseltown. From famous pet experts and best-selling authors to television and movie stars, you'll get the latest buzz from wagging tongues and tails. Garner great pet tips and have a doggone fur-flying fun time. So get ready for the pause and applause as we unleash your all-behave host, America's pet edutainer, Arden Moore. Welcome to the Obehave Show on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Arden Moore. Now, one of the most fascinating movie characters for pet lovers was the legendary Dr. Doolittle. You know, the guy who could just magically talk to animals. Rex Harrison starred in that title role in the late 1960s. Oh my gosh, am I dating myself? And then Eddie Murphy came on board in the late 1980s. Well, guess what, folks? We're going to go one step better. Our special guest today not only knows how to conduct two-way, viable conversations with dogs, cats, and other animals, he also knows how to teach us. His strategies are all spelled out in his soon-to-be-unleashed new book. It's called Talking with Dogs and Cats, Joining the Conversation to Improve Behavior and Bond with Our Animals. Now, give it up. Give pause and applause to our renowned animal communicator, Tim Link. Welcome to the show, Tim. Hey, Arden. It's great to be here. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Are we going to sing, If We Could Talk? With the animals, walk with the animals. Nah, that's that's all you get. <laughs> that's it for American Idol. We'll be back later. That's right. All right. That's right. Hey, folks, Tim Link is also part of our Pet Life Radio family. You guys know him. Each week he hosts this show, Animal Rights. Now, that's rights with a W. He's also a Reiki master and I think just an all-around nice guy. Oh. So are you ready, folks, to talk with and not at your pet? Well, Tim is here to show you how, but first we got to pay for this show, so we got to take a commercial break. So, everybody, sit and stay. We'll be right back. Time for a pause. For furry ones, actually, sit and stay. All behave, we'll be right back. It's designerpetsweaters.com, hand knitted designer sweaters for your precious pup or cool cat beautiful couture patterns for your pets including custom knitted formal wear casual wear, yachting and even sports themed. Many designer pet sweaters include feathered tammy hats, top hats and a lot of sparkle. Each sweater includes leg loops, front paw sleeves and leash opening. Visit designerpetsweaters.com to order your four-legged fashions today. Your pets will stay warm for the winter and be runway ready. Large or small, we fit them all. designerpetsweaters.com Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. All Behave is back with more tail-wagging ways to achieve harmony in the household with your pets. Now back to your fetching host, America's pet edutainer, Arden Moore. Welcome back to the Obehave Show on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Arden Moore. Our special guest today talks with animals, not at them. I love how he defines his animal communication range. He has said, if they are furry, feathered, finned, or scaled, I've likely had a chat with them. 
please welcome to the show animal communicator Tim Link. Tim, I'm so glad you're on our show. It's like we've been pals for so long. You're overdue. I know. It goes way back when. And yes, I do remember the original Dr. Doolittle. So let me get my (laughs) walker out here real quick. I may need some help getting up out of this chair. No, no. You're an ageless wonder. And if anybody ever asks our age when you get past and have to get an AARF card, I just go into dog years. So right now, technically, I think I'm 10 or 11 years old in dog years. There you go. I I just, uh, I'm so old, I forget. So it's a good excuse. Well, Betty White, she's only 16 in dog years and she's 92. So there you go. We have some hope. There you go. I like it. (laughs) All right. Now, your book, you know, Talking with Dogs and Cats, Joining the Conversation to Improve Behavior and Bond with Our Animals. That's a long, long title. But boy, every word in it is just imperative. You've written other books, but tell us what inspired you to do this book and uh, how it's going to help us. Well, the inspiration behind the book basically was to get the message out there, to let everybody know that you can communicate with animals. You can learn to uh, both verbally communicate with them and visually communicate with them. And by doing so, it'll help improve some problem areas you may be experiencing with the animals. It'll definitely help you bond with them and understand them better and just have a, you know, continue to have a great life with them. You know, I think the key behind it is you know, animal communication. It's something that we're all born with. You know, we all have the ability to be able to what we call telepathically connect with each other or with our animals. When we're very young, you know, we communicate with our mother and let her know what we need. And this goes, you know, past the the cries and the screams and the laughs and the giggles. This is actually just sitting there with your mother and she knows instinctually what to do for you. And that's that mother's intuition, and that goes straight back to that telepathic connection you have with your mother. The challenge is by the time we get to be you know, five or six years old and we go to school, grade school, and we're taught to speak a certain way and, and conduct ourselves in a certain manner, we tend to lose this ability. We tend to forget about these skills and these gifts that we have. So in the book, one of, one of the things I'm trying to uh, make sure everybody understands is what it is and how can you get back to that space where you can better connect and then thus connecting with your animals because that's how animals communicate every single day is through that telepathic connection that they have with each other. Yeah, you talk about the sixth sense, if you will, and you say animals have it, but we do too. And I think you've aptly defined how we you got to use it or you're going to lose it, but you can also bring it back. And I want, if you don't mind, to go back in time. You were now in February 2004. I don't know what kind your hairstyle is or if you're still into bell bottoms, but there was a life-changing moment for you. You and your wife went to some event. It was a, a birthday gift, a class of some type. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, my life behind is your traditional uh, life of a uh, American kid. You know, I grew up, got my grades, I played uh, baseball and went on later to play semi-pro baseball. I uh, worked to get into college, first kid in my uh, family to go to college. I paid my way through college, and then I embarked on a, a 20-year career in telecom sales as an executive <laughs> sales director. So my life, my job at that time was uh, to travel the world and sell advanced technologies, which are basically things we take advantage of now in our cell phones, things like you know video downloads and ringtones and cameras and all this wonderful stuff that we play with in our smartphones. Well, I was out pitching that stuff 20 years ago. So <laughs> Oh, wow. So it was quite a, quite a, you know, it was great life. Traveled the world, met with the biggest companies you could possibly think of in the telecommunications industry. But it, as you mentioned, you know, it, it all changed February 
2004, my mentor, the late Judy Byers, uh, was coming to Atlanta where I live. She was to teach a little uh, one-day workshop on how to connect with animals and communicate with them. Uh, you know, how do you do things like you know, clear your mind and, and open your heart to the idea of connecting with them and uh, breathing techniques, meditation techniques, things that I wasn't scared of, but I have to admit at that time was not things that I had done on an everyday basis. But my wife, Kim, it was her birthday weekend. She wanted to go. I thought, there you go. You know, flowers, nice. card, and uh, animal communication workshop done. Checked <laughs> off for the next year. <laughs> you didn't get her a vacuum cleaner? I love you. Ah, yes, exactly. <laughs> so, was- uh, yeah, yeah. so we went to this workshop and, you know, I was opening myself. I did the techniques and, and did the breathing exercises and did the opening of the mind, opening of the heart, the things that I teach and mention in the book, Talking with Dogs and Cats. And lo and behold, you know, every time I, uh, an animal was there or a picture of an animal, we were asked a few basic questions. I connected with that animal and I got some information. It was usually a couple of words or a picture. Mm-hmm. And I thought, well, okay, cool. You know, and I wrote it down, wrote whatever I received. And we went through about 100 questions and probably 20 or 25 animals uh, that we connected with. Wow. And every time I received information and every time it was correct. What were you thinking? Here you are, and I'm trying to figure out what position you played in baseball. I'm just going to take a guess. Were you like an infielder, like second base? Listen to my crackling knees as it comes over oh, the radio today. Oh, you were a catcher. Wow. <laughs> well, you were the quarterback of the team. That's that's a brainiac spot. Yep. Exactly. And now that that's why it's a little harder to get out of the chair and uh, <laughs> to do those things. But yeah, at, you know, at that time, I thought, well, this is cool. This is uh, strange. Maybe I'm I'm lucky. Maybe I'm on a hot roll here. Maybe I should go to Vegas immediately because I'm really clicking today. Yeah. Um, and then I thought, well, what in the world does this mean, and how am I actually going to use this in my present life? Because you know, it wasn't like I was going to go to the head of a, a major Fortune five company that I worked with. And, <laughs> you know, say, hey, I guess what? You know, spend about twenty million dollars on uh, this technology that you may or may not use down the road, and you know, I'll come by and tell you why Fluffy's no longer using the litter box. Wow. Yeah, I, I knew those two worlds weren't aligned at this point. Hopefully sometime in, yeah. in the future, maybe in this lifetime or a next lifetime, they'll align. But I knew those worlds weren't, weren't going to be uh, aligned immediately. But you, to me, it sounds like you were just quite comfy in the W-2 world and you just cut that net. You went without a net because you're doing this pretty much, this is what you're known for now. I mean, that was yeah. kind of a gutsy guy, not a gutsy broad, a gutsy guy move, don't you think? Yeah, well, it, it was a, it definitely a leap of faith. It was something uh-huh. that, um, you know, I, admittedly, I kept quiet about it for a while. I worked with my own pets and then a few told a few friends and worked with their animals. Later, told some folks at church about it and worked with their animals and then became president of a local humane society, which afforded me a lot more opportunities to work with animals. So for about a two or three year period, I you know kept my day job and, and did this and, and fine tuned my gift. And in 2007, you're right, I, I took that leap of faith. I went uh, sort of in, within myself and asked for guidance and the universe answered and said, you need to quit monkeying around and get at this right away. And so since 2007, I've been doing this full time, uh, running my business Wagging Tails and doing private consultations for people and also you know writing books and articles and doing the radio show and anything else I can get the message out there to help more and more animals. That's what I'm here for. Folks, we're speaking with animal communicator Tim Link, and he has a new book called Talking with Dogs and Cats. And what I like about it is he breaks it down. He's trying to help you tap into your telepathic communication skills, but he also goes a step further and addresses specific 
issues that dogs, cats have, litter box boycotting, uh, separation anxiety, you name it. And he's trying to give you a little bit more of of the mental why so that you can have a conversation with your pet and maybe find a resolution. We're going to find out more, but we got to take this quick commercial break. So sit, stay, and mentally think what your dog is saying to you right now. We'll be right back after this commercial break. Time for a walk on the red carpet, of course. All Behave will be back in a flash right after these messages. Hey, everybody. This is Tim Link, host of Animal Rights on Pet Life Radio. Got some exciting news for you here today. My audiobook is now available. Wagging Tails, Every Animal Has a Tail is now available in audiobook form through audible.com, amazon.com, and iTunes. It's a collection of 32 conversations I've had with the animals. It's a fun, interesting, heartfelt book that's suitable for all age groups. So everybody pick up a copy of the audiobook, Wagging Tails, Every Animal Has a Tail. You'll be glad you did. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Hi, it's Victoria Sewell from Animal Planet. It's Meal the Dog. You're listening to Overhate with Arden Moore on Pet Life Radio. We're back from the lot. Just checked the paper and we had a record showing at the box. The letterbox, that is. Now back to Overhate. Here's Arden. Welcome back to the Old Behave Show on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Arden Moore. I'm sitting in my office with six pets, Tim, five dogs, and one very cool orange tabby named Casey. And I'm just wondering, they're all in the sleep or restful. Everybody's, nobody's being stressed out. Hopefully no UPS carrier will be knocking on our door. But I'm just wondering if they're kind of digging that I finally got a pretty cool guest that they, they can also converse with. What do you think about having me with my sensational six in the office? Yeah, I th- well, I think it's great. Uh, obviously, there's room for more. So uh, seven, eight, <laughs> keep, keep adding them on. That's fine. No, That's no, no, great. no. This was a Brady Bunch merger. My sister and, and I, when I moved to Texas, we uh, we combined furry households. So I have Chipper and Cleo, my dogs, and Casey the cat. And we have our Texas trio, Maddie, Gracie, and Jeannie, who are all serving up some love and kisses. Maddie wants to eat the microphone. I think you have a fan in Maddie, Tim, I, right off. She's I digging like- you. I like it. Well, hey, you know, a little trivia. Your folks, uh, your listeners can definitely email you on this. There was a dog on the Brady Bunch. So if anybody knows the dog's oh. name, email Arden on that one, Arden at Pet Life Radio. And uh, who knows? You, at least you'll get an accolade or a rough, rough and a meow on that well, I one. I could give him one of my books. I can do that. I'm no Oprah. No car. No car. I'm sorry. No, no car, car for you. <laughs> <laughs> now, let's talk a little bit about there were three little tips you were given in your book. And before we get into it, I, I would be remiss. I thought it was spot on. I have to use a British reference that you had Victoria Stillwell. It's me or the dog, renowned dog trainer, really gets pets. And you asked her to write your foreword. And I love her foreword because it was almost a passage of discovery for herself. Yeah, you know, Victoria's great. Uh, she's a wonderful friend and colleague of mine. I, I write for her Positively uh, blog and magazine, and I've done interviews with her and interviewed her as well. And she was kind enough uh, to write the book and do some endorsements for the book. And it is, you know, a, a unique thing. I, you know, I want people to know that here is a world-renowned dog trainer who knows, in my opinion, virtually everything there is to know about dog training, though she'll admit that she has a lot more to learn. Very scientific, you know, knows the approach, loves the science behind it all. And through our connection, 
passion through writing the book as well as, as working with her through all these years, you know, she's looking at this in a different way. And is there some added techniques or there's some added things that she can do to bond and help animals a little bit more and help the dogs out and, and of course, cats in this book. And that's what I'm, you know, one of the messages I'm also trying to get out there is the fact that I don't want you to say this is the book to end all, beat all book. Forget everything you've ever learned about animals. Forget everything that you've learned from your training techniques. What I'm hoping that the readers will learn from the book, Talking with Dogs and Cats, is to take the techniques and the things that are in the book, add them to what you already know. Add them to all the great training that you've done with your animals and have an additional bond and have an additional connection in ways that will help you solve challenges that you're having or just have a better life together. Well, I think you're you're touching upon the fact that, you know, for about a decade or so, we have shifted to the positive reinforcement training techniques. But now I see more techniques evolving. And I think the mental tapping in with your pet is just start getting a little bit more legs, if you will. And I know you said you quietly tried to do this first with some good friends and church members and things like that. I mean, people might, I think maybe 20 years ago, people might snicker, but I don't think people are snickering anymore when you say you're an animal communicator. I think people are more fascinated, a little scared, and have lots of questions. Yeah, they do. I mean, I think when I started this over a decade ago, you're right. Uh, there was a lot of uh, a lot of people questioning, questioning me. Why would I leave a lucrative career in telecom to do something as far-fetched as this? And uh, you found certain friends and family members sort of not spending as much time with you. Uh-huh. And on the other hand, you, you got surrounded by more people that are like-minded and want to know more about their animals. So it's a, it's a good thing, I believe, in the fact that it brought the people to me that needed my help and actually uh, wanted to learn. And I think you're right. We're looking for ways to connect with our animals at a a better level, a deeper level. How do we better understand them? You know, most of the time when people find out what I do, they go, oh my goodness, you should come by and talk to Fluffy. She is the craziest cat in the world. Or come by and talk to Spot. He wouldn't believe what he's done. He's got to be the craziest dog in the world. So they're wanting to learn. They're wanting to know what their animals are thinking. And even if they're not having any behavior or uh, physical challenges, maybe the life's going along quite dandy for them and their animals, they still want to know, am I doing the right thing? Have I done too much? Not enough? What's my dog want? What's my cat need? And that's what I'm here to help out. And the book will teach you some of these things that will allow you to better connect with them and to trust what you're receiving from them. And we're being very simplistic. And I do want you all to go out and get his book. I'm still finishing it, Tim. I've been finding it very fascinating. It's very comprehensive. It's well-organized. And just to give them a little teaser, a little bit of it all, there are three tips that you point out when you want to learn how to really mentally communicate with your pet. And one, the first one is to say what you want out loud. Absolutely. You know, tell the animals verbally what you want from them or what the situation is. They definitely understand your verbal words. They understand the words that you're saying. But in addition to that, every time we say a word or series of words, we uh, mentally sent a picture out to the masses, to the animals, to everything around us. You know, a perfect example is in the book, we have a test in there called the orange ball test. Yeah, I love that one with your, yeah, go ahead. Talk about the orange ball test. Well, and real quick with the orange ball test, you know, if I mention the word orange ball, Mm -hmm. orange ball. So the question is, did you hear me say the words orange ball? Yes. Yes. Okay. And did you, good girl, good girl. Got one right there. Now, did you see an orange ball or some sort of orange, something to do with orange when I said those words? 
I did, yes. And when, and when I, you said orange ball, our ball addict, Maddie, has been staring at the microphone. Uh-huh. And it's an orange microphone, I'm hoping. No, I wish it was. It's a black. Darn. That would have been a really good setup. But, yeah. <laughs> but no, I have key. the orange ball on my nose. I'm a part-time clown. Just kidding. There, there you go. <laughs> but the key is that, that you heard the word orange ball and you saw something to do with an orange, hopefully an orange ball. Now, if I work on mentally projecting what type of orange ball I wanted you to see, you will be able to pick that up. And that's the same thing with the animals. You know, If we say orange ball, they may go pick up the orange ball that's in the room or they may go and pick up up, you know, knock around an orange basketball. And that's not what I meant. So I have to cognizantly project a mental picture out there of which orange ball that I want for them to better understand. And then the third part of that is the fact that when we speak out loud and we know and feel confident that our animals heard us and that the mental picture has gone out there in a positive manner, then we feel better. Our energy goes up to that higher positive level. It goes back to the old terminologies of, you know, talk about it, you'll feel better. Right. You know, talk about it, get it off your chest. Well, getting off your chest, I won't go into all the details, but that's a chakra. You know, that's a center chakra of your knowing. When you open that up, then you trust everything that's around you and you've communicated out to whoever you're communicating with. So those terminologies relate back and you do feel better. And as you mentioned, positive information to your animal and positive praise, they will always respond better. So if you do those three things, you communicate verbally, send out a strong mental picture to them and feel good about what you did in a positive manner, you're going to get the responses that you need from your animals. I love it. And, you know, you talk about animals just like us. They're sentient beings. They have feelings. They have souls. And not every cat is a chatty catty. Some don't. I mean, so when you're going to doing a uh, work with a cat or a dog, I'm laughing because you're also allergic to cats. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. yeah, uh, make sure you're not all puffy face and all that. But how do you size up that individual animal and know what's the best way for you to try to talk with them? Yeah, the key is when I'm having a consultation with an animal and communicating with them, I'm allowing them to communicate back to me. I'm a conduit between, say, you if you have questions and your animal. So I'm working as a conduit between the two of you, and they're going to respond back to me in the manner that they feel most comfortable with. Uh, Mm -hmm. As I like to say, the manner that a mere human like me could possibly (laughs) understand what they want. Okay. So some of them are very chatty, as you mentioned. They'll give me words or series of words. They may give me colors, feelings, pictures smells, emotions. They may give me all of those things during a consultation, during a communication with them. Mm -hmm. And others are more subdued. They may only have a few words to say, or they may give me some strong feelings or some emotions. That's how they choose to communicate. And what I'm here to do is take that information, share it back with their human companions, and try to determine what exactly does that mean and what can we do to communicate back to the animal and what can you do as the human companion to help that situation. Can you share maybe something with involving a cat or a dog since that's the focus of your, your book, Talking with Dogs and Cats? I know yeah. you had Woody and uh, Buzz, those are your mini schnauzers, years ago. But, I mean, maybe something that might surprise people about a situation with a cat or a dog. A recent situation with a cat, I'll tell you. We've acquired, we're notorious, my wife and I are notorious for doing spay-neuter release of feral cats. 
Oh, so, nice. Oh, yeah. So over the years, we've had about, well, in the most recent colony, we had about 12 cats that we spay, neutered, and released. Mm-hmm. And we released them into our driveway, and they turned around and came back into our garage. So, <laughs> <laughs> Well, they hit the feline lotto. I mean, seriously? Exactly. <laughs> you, know who, you know who we're living with? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Really? Oh, yeah. Move over, Dr. Doolittle. We got the real deal. There you go. And, and he gives me plenty of kibble, so it works out all right. Nice. So, yeah, so we've got a nice setup. We have our garage partially open. And we got heated beds and air and food. And, you know, so let's say I've got a lot of cats that, that mm-hmm. have been part of my life. But we've had one recently come up. His name is Felix. He's a wonderful little black and white cat. I'm sure that uh, he had belonged to someone and, and chose to take his journey elsewhere. Loving cat. You can pet him. Everything's great with him. The challenge is he doesn't get along with the other cats. So he's prone to marking the area. So he's not using the areas that the cats, even as feral cats, typically use the, the loose uh, pine bark and things that are near our house. And so I had a chat with him the other day and told him that I understand that he's new and he's trying to figure it all out and I'll be patient with him. But mm-hmm. what I need him to do is go out of the garage into the pine bark and start doing his pottying there. And by mm-hmm. doing so, this would make me very, very happy and it would make him feel a lot less stressed. Mm-hmm. And simple conversation. I knew he got it. He understood. He rubbed against me, gave me some uh, visual cues. He gave me some connection back saying yes. And lo and behold, he hasn't sprayed again. Wow. So simple conversations. Now you have to realize, I, w- I will say this as a caveat, I don't wave a magic wand. I can't. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? I know as much as I'd like to, I, you know, I, I'd love to market the magic wand of communication. It does, no, I can't do that. And each animal, just like each human, has their own free will. You can communicate with them. They understand you. They'll communicate back with you. You try to build a great relationship with them, a great household, a great living arrangement with them. At the end of the day, they're going to do what they want to do. And all Mm -hmm. you can hope for is that you've communicated with them the importance to be able to help you out and you're doing the things to help them out that it will solve any challenges that you may be having. And uh, that seems to work well. What about a a dog story, a dog tale, if you could? I I like the story about Felix, and I'm very happy. Thank you, Felix, for letting Tim's garage not smell like a row of potty houses after a ball game. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Not not a good thing. But, you know, dog stories are, you know, I'll once again glean from my own experience. Uh, We have a, uh, we have two schnauzers now. We have a little white toy schnauzer that rules the roost. Her name's Dusty. Uh, Sweet little girl, but she's definitely uh, large and in charge at eight pounds. (laughs) (laughs) And then the uh, other gentleman we have in our household is a a chocolate mini schnauzer named Kramer. And uh, Kramer came to us. We adopted him from uh, Schnauzer Love Rescue. Uh, But the short story behind that is the fact that Schnauzer Love Rescue had him in a foster home. He actually escaped from the foster home the first day he was there and went to a journey into the woods. I helped the organization locate where he was through communication. Mm -hmm. Uh, I do a lot of work with lost pets from around the world and I was fortunate enough to be able to connect with Kramer and get him to come back to the foster home. And so he was there for about five weeks and everything was great. And uh, I thought the world was just moving along nicely. And I get a phone call saying, hey, do you remember that, uh, that chocolate uh, <laughs> you helped us find Kramer? I said, yeah. Uh-huh. Don't you think Dusty needs a little counterpart, little plate? Uh-huh. You know, so, yeah. So last year on Dusty's birthday, her birthday present that she requested, she agreed to, was to bring Kramer. 
Kramer wow. into the household. Yeah. And she had met Kramer on a couple of, of occasions in neutral areas in the big backyard and then back on the back porch. These are things that I talk about right. in the book, talking with dogs and cats, about how to properly introduce them and what to do and say to them. And Kramer, before we finally signed off on the deal, I informed him. I said, Kramer, you know, Dusty's going to be large in a charge. She's going to be, you know, wrestling you. She's going to be, you know, grabbing your neck, grabbing the toys. She will be uh, the one that's in charge. I would like for you to come and live with us, but be patient with her because you're twice her size and be gentle because this would make me happy, make Dusty happy, and we'll have a great life together. Mm-hmm. Now, at that time, we had no idea. You know, I knew he heard what I had to say, but he was pretty scared. He was pretty, uh, not I wouldn't say fearful, but he didn't know what was going on because he had been moved around to four or five homes in his year and a half of being alive. Uh, so he wasn't sure about what was going to happen, and he definitely wasn't used to having small, little, powerful female dogs running around him telling right. him what to do. And lo and behold, from the very first day, he has been the most gentle soul with her. He will pick up a toy and play with her, but he won't yank it around and jerk it out of her mouth. And this is not indicative of what he had done according to the foster home and according to the rescue. He had not done this before. Uh, you know, whenever he wow. moves around other dogs of any size, he would, you know, either go off on his own or he would, uh, you know, I wouldn't say fight for what was his, but, you know, he mm-hmm. wouldn't take any, any stuff off of anybody. But we had that conversation. He knew what was going to happen from day one and what we needed from him. In return, we told him what we would do for him. And it's been a godsend. It's been great. He's a great, great boy. And you said that Dusty's about eight pounds. How much does Kramer weigh? Uh, Craver weighs 18 pounds. Okay. And, yeah, so he's twice her size. He's not giant, but you know, he's he's big enough to uh, you know, for a little dog like Dusty to cause some some challenges. But you know, are not really, you know, I work with people around the world with a lot of challenges with animals. These are things where there's a behavior change that's going on, and my role is to try to help communicate and find out what the reasoning is, whether it is a physical thing they're going through, a mental thing, or an emotional thing that they're going through. And if it's a physical challenge that they're going through, then I'll Obviously, we get them to the veterinarian and get that checked out right away. If it's an emotional or mental thing that they're going through, we got to find out what that is and help you as their human companion provide for them and, and find ways to help them out to help them get through that situation and in return, give them some ideas of what they need to help do to help the situation. And I tell you, every time I say I've seen it all, I have not seen anything. <laughs> no, no, don't ever say that. That will get you in trouble. We're speaking with Tim Link. He is an animal communicator of a top dog status. He has a new book called Talking with Dogs and Cats. It's a forward by Victoria Stilwell. And this dude is all over the place. He can communicate with pets here and beyond. And your website is Wagging Tails, and that's wagging-tales.com. What's coming up for you this summer? If we could do a shout out for Where's Tim? Like, Where's Waldo? Yeah, I tell you, the best thing to do is uh, go to TalkingWithDogsAndCats.com. On there, I'll tell you a little bit about the book. It'll also tell you about my events page. As you mentioned, the book kicks off June 2nd. We're going to be promoting it pretty heavily with the media and rescue events and at pet stores and bookstores throughout Atlanta throughout the month of June. And then we're going to hit the road, uh, go to towns like Dallas and Indianapolis. You're going to come see me, right? We're going to do our best to come down there and see you in Dallas. I'll come to uh, see you. If If I'm around, I'll definitely come to see your show yeah and we're gonna be teaching workshops in dallas and indianapolis as well we're gonna be teaming up with with rescue and training facilities to teach animal communication workshops so if you're interested in that take a look at talkingwithdogsandcats.com click on the events page 
visit it frequently because we're adding more and more dates and more and more locations as we speak. So it's going to be a lot of fun. So you can find out about me at wagging-tells.com and book your own consultation. Or you can go to talkingwithdogsandcats.com and find out more about the book and the events going on. All right. I'm so glad you could be a guest on our show, Tim. Our pets are in my office right now. They're all looking at you. They're, I think you've reached them. No yeah. even trying. They're all just kind of, they're happy. They're chilling. Right, Maddie? Well, Maddie, all right. I just said the Maddie word. Hey, Maddie. <laughs> it's Uncle Tim's on the other line. Yes, he's awesome. He knows exactly what your favorite treat is. And maybe I can learn through his book, Talking with Dogs and Cats, how to better serve you your favorite treats. How's that? Is that going to work for you guys? We're a team, right? That's right. I like the fact that you teach us to talk with and not at our pets because I bet some poor pets think their middle name is no. That's it. And that, that's definitely in the book. No is a negative energy word and animals will never respond to negative energy. No. So there's your little tidbit of the day. Always speak positively with them and treat them positively and they're going to treat you positively as well. Well, that's great advice. Folks, I want you to dash over and get that book, Talking with Dogs and Cats. It's coming out in June. And please, if you're in the Dallas, Indy and other areas, check out his workshops. He's going to go on tour. He's a guy you don't want to miss. I also want to give a shout out to my very quiet but powerful producer, Mark Winner. He is the executive producer of Pet Life Radio, the world's largest pet radio network. And catch Tim's show on our network. It's Animal Rights. You can find it. It's very easy. Go to PetLifeRadio.com. And until next time, this is your flea-free host, stuck in an office happily with five dogs and one cat right now, saying to all you two and three and four-leggers out there, Oh, behave! Coast to coast and around the world, it's All Behave with Arden Moore. Find out why cats and dogs do the things they do. And get the latest buzz from wagging tongues and tails in Rin Tin Tinseltown. From famous pet experts and best-selling authors to television and movie stars, you'll get great tail-wagging pet tips and have a fur-flying fun time. All Behave with America's pet edutainer, Arden Moore. Every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.